Hi everyone, this is Denise and Brandy with Eternally Fit. Uh, we have our guest on today. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes doing the intro, but this is my sister-in-law, Stacy. Um, she's been a great blessing in my life. She's one I turn to in any guidance with the Bible and situations in my life that I want help understanding what I should do. Um, so I'm going to let Stacy go ahead and tell us where she's from and a little bit about herself. Well, thanks. That's a very sweet introduction. Um, so yes, I am from here, Marietta area, grew up here. Um, um, so I met Brandy, obviously our husbands, our brothers, and we met, gosh, I've been married for what, 18 years? 18, because I'm 17. Okay, so we met 18 years yeah. ago, this fun, loving girl from Wyoming. I just, I just loved her personality. Well, from... gosh, I'm going to cry already. <laughs> <laughs> the get go. She was kind of like a missing piece, just a fun person, and I've always enjoyed being around her. She brings the lightheartedness out of people. I think. Um, oh, I can get always it up too. for I a can laugh. Make it. Your lightheartedness, <laughs> not on purpose. Always up for a laugh, good deep conversation, and a workout. Um, anyways, but um, and so yeah, I have four kids, and now we live, you know, like a mile and a half apart, and that's a blessing. We get a walk together a lot of times and um like she said we go to church together and we are um just it's wonderful having a a sister that is you can talk to about anything so oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna just say so if we want to start off with your your story so a year ago i remember getting this phone call frantic phone call from our mother-in-law and I can't tell you the feeling we just have that drop of the uncertainty of the story that Stacy's about to tell. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful. Obviously she's here. She's doing well, but, um, the journey along the way, the impact I it had in my life, trying, you know, devoting my life to Christ more, praying to him more and knowing everything's in God's hands was, it did help me in that aspect. And just, knowing you have such an amazing person you don't want to miss out on so yeah so um yeah it's interesting hearing that side of it because I only have my experience when I started hearing other people's side of it it's like wow I had no idea until I got home what um an impact it had or how it made other people feel so I'll just start telling um about a year ago it was November 30th um of last year I was 40 I have four kids and it was a normal Wednesday. I um, was at home working. My daughter was home. Um, my husband happened to be off work that week because it was deer season. Um, so he was hunting. And then that evening, both my boys had basketball games at different locations. So we were, you know, planning logistics of who's going where, you know, all that stuff. And so we went to the basketball games. I drove there. Um, several different locations and then got home. It was about nine o'clock at night and I put my daughter to bed and Derek put um, Keegan to bed and my other two boys were sitting at the kitchen counter and it was the start of Christmas season. So my um, little seven-year-old at the time was excited to get all the Christmas traditions started. So he, um, you know, the elf on the shelf was coming back. 
the next day. So I was writing something out for, for that. And all of a sudden I just felt like this dizziness and it's like the room was spinning and it was, my vision just was off and I felt very weak. Um, my head was hurting, the side of my face was hurting. Um, and I just got down off my chair cause I felt like I couldn't sit up any longer. And I started crawling through the kitchen until I couldn't go any further. And I asked one of my boys to go get a wet rag cause I felt like a fever was coming over me. Um, and so, I mean, that should have been my, my first, but you we, know, but we had been sick with right. the stomach bug like right. the night before. Right. So the kids, oh, I saw Yeah. I thought, oh, wow, this is, uh, I'm getting a really bad stomach bug is happening quickly. And so, um, Derek came downstairs and I started to get sick to my stomach. So I started throwing up and, um, but I, it was just an intense pain in my head. And I even said the words. Um, I think I'm having a brain aneurysm and I was kind of partially being truthful, but I was also like, yeah, that's probably not likely, you know, but it just, it was like an she intense She texted headache. us sisters that next morning Yeah, and said, you guys, I think I, it felt like I had a brain aneurysm last night. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And, and Derek even said the word stroke because he goes over a lot of that stuff at work, you know, and he knew the fast acronym which is face arm speech and time but i didn't have any of those symptoms like my face was not drooping my arm was you had equal grasp yeah, and equal yep. strength yeah so we're like that can't be possible so anyways he um helped me to bed and then i just all night long i was up sick and i couldn't get out of bed he was um like holding a bucket for me to throw up in and um I, so anyways, fast forward all day the next day until about the afternoon, I was sick to my stomach. And by this point I was very dehydrated and I had asked him several times for ibuprofen. I took it. I immediately throw it back up. Couldn't keep any water down. And so I, I just felt like I was very dehydrated and sick, but, but the nausea stopped by afternoon time. We called my doctor and they said, of course, you need to go to the ER. Well, I was very reluctant to go to the ER because I thought I had the flu. And I was like, I just need to, this is going to wear off any minute. I just, the throwing up stops. So I was like, I'm going to start to get better. Well, by the second night, um, that pain was unbearable. I mean, it was just, it was an awful night. Um, I, I wasn't throwing up, but I just, I had one of those muscle gun, you know, massager things. Mm -hmm. And I was like trying to just like cause myself pain in other areas of my body to divert the pain that I was feeling in my head. Oh my you know, like gosh. I just, I just, it was intense. And by about 4 a.m. or so, I was actually like moaning in my room. I was in such pain. So that's, yeah, Friday morning. Friday morning. So that's when Derek finally came in. I mean, he checked on me, but I was the one that was like, you know, I don't want to go to the ER. I just didn't want to go. I just felt like it was the flu. But at that point, we're like, okay, something I need to get. I need to get an IV. I need to get fluids, um, you know, because this is just getting out of control. And so we went to the ER, um, got right in, and um, they started asking me questions about, like, meningitis and COVID and things like that. Did they ask you about mono? They might have. I don't know. I wasn't probably thinking real clearly, but I do remember a lot of that morning. And um, 
So anyways, they said, well, we better do a CT scan to check your brain. And so I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be all for nothing. It's probably just the flu. And I was more like worried about let's just manage these symptoms. Like I just want my headache to go away, you know, like. Um, and so I will never forget, though, the doctor's face when he came back in the room. Um, he came back in the room and he didn't say anything right away. He just stood at the end of my bed and he's asking me some questions like stick out your tongue you know, touch your finger to your nose, you know, these, and I could do all that. I was like, this is weird. Something's not right. And so that's when he said, he said, well, we need to confirm with an MRI, but your scan is showing that you've suffered from a um, severe stroke. And severe. Yeah. Severe stroke. And I'm like, this can't be right. The, you know, this has to be a mistake or something. And he said, we need to get you an ICU bed right away. And I'm like, ICU? Like, I've had family members in the ICU. That's for severely sick, chronic, you know. That's not me. I just had a stomach. Right, right. I'm like, this this has got to be a mistake. So then he comes back in, you know, and I I know there were, at that point, I think Derek had contacted my parents and stuff. And, you know, I I wasn't really thinking clearly. I don't think at that point. the doctor came back in and he said, well, we don't have any beds here at Marietta, so we're going to life flight you to Columbus. <laughs> I was like, life wow, life flight. Like, this is um, crazy. And so everything started happening really quickly. Um, my parents came down. And I think that's when it hit me. When I saw them, I saw Derek, just kind of the way they were acting and their faces. They were trying to be calm. But I also could see how serious it was. How was it? Like, what? Um, it was just like, you know, the thing, just, I love you. You're going to be okay. Like it just, I just was like, for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I was facing possible death. You know, I, I've always been healthy. I've never had any health issues. And I mean, we all know when we step out the door every day or any day, your health can change. You know, you, you can, we all know that life is fragile and God only knows you're right. But but at that moment, I had never really, like, thought it was possible that I, you know, was I could die, like, right. right now. And when you're faced with that, you are forced to ask yourself some really tough questions and think about some things that maybe you've never thought about before. And so I said goodbye to my parents. I said goodbye to Derek. And, and in my head, I was thinking about my kids. I was like, you know, who's what what happens if I don't make it? Who's going to take care of my kids? I mean, obviously, I know my family and Derek would take care of them, but nobody knows your kids like you do as a mom. So I that was my concern. I was just telling Derek, I said, take care of my kids. I lo- tell them I love them. I love you. You know, I, I think I was apologizing to him. I was saying how sorry I was for, you know, all the pettiness stuff that we worry about on a daily basis or we, yeah. you know, so... It was just kind of emotional. So in the middle of you contemplating your death, you're apologizing. Yeah. Well, I just, I was like, I know if something happens, I just want you to know, like, at the end of all of this, like, I love you. I love you. I love my kids. I I love my parents. I love everyone, my family. I don't, I just, it's like, I just don't want something to happen and, and, you know, there be any, like, hard feelings. But That says a um, lot about who you are. Well, oh my gosh. It's just yeah. a, it was just a ball of emotions. Um mm. and but, I don't think we would know how to even understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then oh, I'm like, holding back tears here, so I just wait. <laughs> I'm like clenching my jaw. I'm just just preparing. <laughs> yeah. 
So she keeps um, making eye contact with me too, and it's really try not to. <laughs> um, but then everything started happening. I said goodbye to all of them, and then you know I'm I'm with the med flight team. We go, and they're just amazing. And you're by you yourself know. though. I'm by myself. I'm strapped to a table or stretcher. Right. And um, they're amazing. I remember going in an elevator, and they just you know they try to make everything calm, but I'm like, what is happening? And so we get to the roof of the hospital, and that was kind of my God moment. So I'm, like, looking up at the sky, and there's a pause while they're kind of preparing everything for the helicopter. Oh, I just flight. got chills. And I'm looking up at the sky. I am completely out of – nothing's in my control at that point. You know, I'm just, like I, – I just couldn't believe what was happening. And I finally take a moment to pray. And um, the only words that could come to me in that moment was, I'm yours. And what I meant by that was, um, I was just, you know, God, if, if it's my time, like I know where I'm going as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I knew that I would be going to heaven. Just peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as weird as that sounds like, you know, death has always been something that's been a little scary to me, even as a believer, it's just like, you know, how's that all going to happen? How's it yeah, all going to, no. we don't. Yeah. But at that moment, it was like, wow, I could be in heaven today. I'm like, that was just like, oh an, it was actually like an amazing feeling. I'm like, I could see Jesus like at any moment. And I was just like, I was completely at peace about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the other side of it, I was also like, you know, God, it's, it's if it's your will for me to live and, and be a mom and a wife and a sister and a daughter and a friend and all that, like. Like, I just, I want to live for you. And, and this is all in your control. Like I, it's all you. And luckily, you know, God, God gave me a second chance. Um, but from that moment on, I had complete peace, um, in the hospital. I was, I was in the hospital for eight days in Columbus at Riverside and, um, seven of those days I was in the ICU and there was some scary moments. Um, you know, by about when I hit my peak brain swelling, because um, they said what four to five days, it, it was something like five days total before I'd be like out of the woods for the surgery, which they were, you know, I was having CT scans done every day and um, they were monitoring my brain swelling and they said, you know, at any, I wasn't allowed to drink or eat, which was brutal. I just wanted to drink and I wanted to eat. I was hungry. And they said, no, because we need to have you ready for surgery. Yeah. If we need to rush in at any point and the surgery would be, um, shaving my head, um, drilling a hole into my skull and putting a drain in so that my brain had room for swelling. And I mean, that was the lesser of the options. I know a lot of people end up having part of their skulls removed to allow their brain. But to... this drain would have been permanent, right? I don't know. I don't know. I've it's heard possible. that that drain would have been permanent. Okay. I don't know. They didn't really go into those details, I guess. But I just knew, like, even though that sounded scary, I was like, I just felt at peace. I, I really mm -hmm. did. Um, there was a scary moment, I feel like, in that day three, whatever, when the doctors came in with not very good bedside manner and started talking about hydrocephalus, um, you know, just this surgery and just, I was not out of the woods and, 
I kind of went back into that, like, you know, like what happens here? I didn't feel like I was going to die at that point, but I felt like if I, you know, something goes wrong with my surgery, like what happens if something goes wrong with my brain and I'm, you know, in a, in the vegetable state or something like that. And I, again, I told my parents, I told Derek, I'm like, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be burdened to you all. Like I'm ready to go if something were like that to happen. How crazy mm. is that? Yeah. That'd this be... doctor, though, he was a resident, so he's still learning, but doctors definitely need bedside manner, because then you said that next doctor, the main, the main yes. doctor came in and gave you very positive. Yeah, he was very positive. He's like, that's very unlikely, you know, where you're, you're making good progress. Going and off of your action. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was one of the biggest things that's part of this miracle. And, and that was something that was said to me, especially when I got home is like, you're a, you're a miracle, you're a miracle. And I was like, okay, it, it didn't really hit me when I was in the hospital, but they kept saying to me in the hospital, your, your scans are not good. They look terrible. Like they actually said that your scans are awful, look awful, but they're not matching how you're behaving. I mean, at eventually, I don't know what day was I was able to, I got up, I was able to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, the nurse washed my hair. It was just, you know, I was able to do things that like weren't making sense. Um, you know, I was able to talk. I kept asking Derek in the hospital, like, do I make sense? Cause I was like, something, it just doesn't make it, you know, with a severe stroke right? and them saying your scans are terrible. Right. But they were treating your actions. Exactly. The scans. Yeah. So, um, and that's a good doctor because there's so many protocols now where right. these hospitals Oh, it's protocol. Right. So let's do this, but you right. have to treat the patient. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I get home and, you know, it, it was, I, I didn't have a lot of the deficits that did a lot you, of people have. I want you to talk about, though, didn't you FaceTime your kids? Yes. Um, and that's what I, I don't know. I don't remember much about the first day once I got to Columbus. I remember seeing faces and I think I saw my older two boys in the hospital. I'm not completely sure. Um, I, my younger two were never allowed to come back there. So I FaceTimed them a lot and that was hard. That was really yeah. hard. Um, you know, just, I could see, especially Keegan, my seven-year-old, he, he was asking my, my mom, he's like, well, can I just tell them I'm 12? He's like, oh. <laughs> um, he just wanted to come back so oh. bad. And so that was really hard, but it was, it was so wonderful to see them on FaceTime and, <clears throat> Um, talk to them and stuff so because you're like you're their rock you know you you were there for everything like yeah, so it's hard yeah. when you know dad's away working a, a lot more to then not see you at all that right would be really hard right and thankfully I mean my mother-in-law swooped in in spite of her having some health issues at the time and just took care of all my kids it, that was amazing um and, you know, they all dealt with it very differently. Um, each one of my kids kind of dealt with it different. Um, and I didn't realize it until afterwards, you know, how, you know, uh, my oldest is always kind of like a rock, kind of just, you know, he just was kind of solid through it all. I'm sure he had some fears, but just kind of a rock and probably taking that older kid position of just right. of that. Mm. And then. My second son's very clingy to me. He's always been an emotional um, mama's boy. He was constantly texting and FaceTiming me because he just wanted to know I was okay. My third son, um, and you could tell 
Deb and your yeah. second was off because we did family pictures of just our sister-in-law is a photographer and she wanted to get, get Stacy some pictures. And so she took some of the boys and you could just, Devin is never like off. He's just easy to talk to, but he would just, during these pictures, he knew he had to be there, but he was, he would wander off mm -hmm. and be by himself. He didn't want anybody talking to him. It's just, you're like, oh, where Avery was not the yeah. oldest one. He was just his normal self yeah, that's there. And, then, and, and I just think they deal with it very oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Keegan, he had some like stressors that happened afterwards. Like he would do, and I think in kids, stress comes out in weird ways. Like he was like biting his fingers and we dealt with that for months after it. Like he, it was just, that's mm -hmm. how he was dealing with it. Like to the point he was bleeding. Oh my gosh. It's oh, just wow. like, yeah, he just was dealing with it in a very different way. And he, you know, it, and Charlotte still very young. She was only four at the time. I don't think she completely knew what was going on, but she, you still talk to her and I should be like, yeah, when you had your stroke, you know, I mean, she just, it's, it's interesting, but so just so grateful. Um, like your vacation, you know, when you yes. had that vacation month. Well, and that, so that's the other part is like, I, Derek and I joke about how, um, my time in the hospital was like a second homecoming or not homecoming, honeymoon. Um, I know that sounds insane, not in a typical honeymoon, but it's like, we have such busy lives that we very rarely have time together, just him and I. And he never left my side the entire time I was in the hospital. I think he went to his aunt's house a couple of times to shower and do laundry. And then was right by my side. And we laughed, we talked, we watched movies. It was like, God gave us that week together. Mm -hmm. And it was, we talked about it when we got home. We're like, when the kids would start acting up or fighting or life got stressed, we were like, Oh, let's go back to the ICU where it was calm and <laughs> <Yeah>. peaceful. <laughs> Do you think because you were in such a vulnerable stage of not knowing the outcome, you just were raw? Like, yes, this is it. Yes. Now it's, we just tend to like cover things or make things okay. When right. at that situation, you were just like, right. this is what I am. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. no, it's not what I had planned for my Friday, but um, you just, mm. you just roll with it. And I think relying on God to just, I mean, I can't describe it. And I know you've taught, we've talked about this before, the peace that you have when you're going through loss of a loved one or your, you know, a trauma situation. It is truly like he steps in. It is, yeah, it is. I had never truly experienced that before. And it is, it was, it was amazing. It really was. And there's no other way to explain it other than God just gave me that in that moment when I could not, I had. There was nothing I could do. He's like, I've got it. I've got mm -hmm. it. I'm going to take care of you. And it was amazing. And of course, you get back to normal life and stress gets And if you know back her, in. she is like, let me do it. I've got this. I, you don't, I don't need help. And she did ask for help for a while, which it was, to me, I was excited for. I know that sounds weird, but I'm like, if you need a ride to physical therapy, she's like, well, um, I, I think I have no, okay, I'll do it. Like, let me disappoint it. Like, yes. We all wanted to do it because it was a way to see her. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I really, and I actually really enjoyed that time afterwards too. I spent a lot of time with my sisters-in-law. Um, we were very close during that time. Um, I couldn't drive for a while after yeah. that. So it was, you know, it was um, no the outpouring of kindness from everyone. I mean, people that I haven't seen for years or talked to, 
messaged me or brought food or sent flowers. Um, it was unreal. So I, I mean, I also saw God working in that way through other people just mm -hmm. stepping in and it made me realize like how much that means to people when they're going through something. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize, you know, how many people have been praying for me. It was all over the place. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So that was amazing to see too. Yeah, with us living in a small area, travel uh, the word travels really, really quickly. And yes, you did yes. have a lot of people on your side praying for yeah. you, and and, and also I just want absolutely work. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. they did, and and you know I I think the reason in the past you didn't want to like allow people to help you, it's it was because of your kind heart. Like you look at it as well, I'm I'm being an inconvenience to them, but by allowing them to help, like you help them too. And yeah, right. That's yeah. a great point. Yes. And I, I think I remember that in the time, like people want to do something, they don't know what else to do, but they want to do something. And you just gotta let them. Let and them they're hurting you. too. I know you go through, you went through the trauma, but other people, they were, they were hurting. And it was like, that was their way of helping to mm -hmm. heal themselves right. by helping you. Right. Right. Humans are, we're all kind of strange, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But she did talk at, um, it's called Upward, which is a little basketball program. And I've heard so much about this. Even somebody I talked to last night was like, she talked at Upward and they were all in tears. So I do kind of want to know, what did you say there? <laughs> Similar. Um, I'm trying to remember. I watched it recently because it's, I, we had it recorded just because I was like, what did I say? Um, but I think I just, there was a, I, I told the same story, but I left, left it with a couple like takeaways, if you will. And one was um, talking about miracles. Um, I never dreamed that I would be the recipient of a miracle that I would, you know, um, witness that. And so um, I just am a lot more open-minded to miracles are real they do happen we hear about them in the bible all the time but we maybe um are blinded by them in real life but when people started saying that when i got home i was like that you were a miracle yeah i was like you know i just i just like that you know really and um but then i i really did believe it and i do believe in miracles and i just i wanted to encourage people that you may find yourself in a hopeless situation like you know everybody's going through stuff and, and difficult things. I mean, we can look all around us and see people that are hurting, have lost loved ones, are struggling with grief or disease or relationship problems. And they don't know, see how their circumstances are ever going to change or get better. And you just have to believe that God could be working a miracle that you may not see right away or, um, understand how it's all going to work out, but you just got to believe that he is working in your life. Um, just stay connected to him. And um, the other piece I was, uh, well, similar, just, you know, lean into him. When you are struggling, um, just don't underestimate leaning into to Christ, praying to him, reading his word, um, because it will give you a peace. And that doesn't mean life is going to be easy and that you're not going to still face difficult circumstances. But there is no other peace you can find other than his peace. You can search, you can try to do all kinds of things, but that is the only true peace. 
And so I, he gave it to me in a moment when I needed it the most. And, um, so it's, it's real and you know, it's there for our a gift to us. If we just, we just turn to him and take it. Oh, I think so too. I think with circumstances, you're going through something and it may be for you, but it also may be for somebody else watching you. Yeah. We people. Yeah watch other people all the time and to watch Stacy as her strength. I mean, she is, she has faith like you wouldn't believe. And she just has strength in life. And for people to see that afterwards at what, and even before, but afterwards, like mm -hmm. she has so much faith in God and knows he is in ultimate control and we all have to just let him we can't and control. it's a daily struggle i mean it is a daily it's yeah. like giving control when we so want it like i i especially i want to be in control i want to be in control of my household i want to be in control of how my day goes and i am a she tries to control me but <laughs> um and so it, it is hard it's very hard the other thing i was going to say is um you know it's i realize how grateful i I am to be alive and doing well. I joined a lot of these support groups after the stroke to just um, kind of speak to and, and learn from other people who have dealt with stroke and particularly my kind of stroke, which I'll talk about here in a second. Um, but so I joined all these groups on Facebook and, you know, just tried to learn as much as I could about stroke and, and how to deal with the symptoms. I had a lot of fatigue afterwards. I would sleep all day, which is a normal part of the brain healing. Um, but just trying to deal with it. And I realized how fortunate I am to be doing so well because most of the people on that are stroke survivors are not doing well. They have a long road to recovery. Stroke if ever. Um, a lot of them. I mean, mm -hmm. I have seven very few people that had the kind of outcome I did. Um, mm. So many people just, you know, struggle daily. They would say they don't want to live. They, um, you know, I, I hate my life because every day is a struggle to get dressed, to eat. I can't hold a job because I can't do it. Or mm. I have chronic fatigue or my spouse has left me because, you know, I feel like I'm they're They feel like they're useless now. And my mm. heart breaks for those people. And it just, it's opened my eyes to you know, all of that. And I, and I, so I went, I went through a period of guilt too, where I felt like, why am I okay? And so many people are not, you know, and it made me feel guilty. Um, but I also know God has a reason for why that happened and why I am okay. And, um, he's blessed me, you know, unbelievably, but, um, and I don't know, I've struggled over the last year as to why did this happen? Because I had a stroke as a result of a spontaneous artery dissection. And so you have two arteries going up your neck to your brain. To on split. the backside. Yeah, right? the backside. There's ones that come from the heart too, but on the backside, two arteries that go up. And um, one of my arteries, if you think of it like your blood flowing through your artery, the inside of the artery tore. So I had like this the flap, the lining, yes. And so I had this mm -hmm. flap and that caused a blood clot where blood was not flowing properly. And the blood clot caused the stroke in my cerebellum. So the left side of my cerebellum. So that's why I had all my symptoms on my left side. Mm -hmm. um, 
but your right side is actually what's affected. So your left, if your left side of your brain has a stroke, your right side right. is affected. So I had a little bit of arm and shoulder issues when it first started, but I have very so little. So you, you had facial pain here, facial pain, and back of my brain. But then yeah. this side was the one that was affected. Yeah. I remember you having shoulder. Pain. Oh yeah, I had a lot of right side shoulder pain. I still have some wrist issues, but it's you know I've had an X-ray and looked at, it and everything's it's just you know it'll be fine. It's fine. Um, but so another part of the miracle is that the part of the brain that had my stroke was the cerebellum. You have God created our brains to have a pretty big cerebellum and you don't need all of your cerebellum for function. And so the cerebellum controls balance, maybe vision. I'm not completely sure. Was one. Yeah, which makes sense why I had all of the symptoms I did. I dealt with um, balance a lot in physical therapy when I first got home and some vision issues. I still have a little bit of eye issues. I can see good, but I have some pain behind my eyes. I'm just on both eyes or just one? Both eyes. Um, but God created the cerebellum to be bigger than you need. So I have a huge black spot of dead part of my brain of the cerebellum. but. Luckily, I still have the entire right side that is fine. And so that's why I don't have a lot of the deficits I do. And then so, wow. so, so many other people have these bad strokes, but it affects different parts of their brain. And they don't have the extra, you know, they, if something goes wrong in that part of the brain, then they lose function of, you know, whether it's the, their movement of the arms or their, you know, all kinds of things. We think cognition so. was one. Yeah. Movement balance. Yes. Language, attention. It's considered the little brain. Yes. So again, I mean, Google. it could have been so much worse mm -hmm. had it been another part of my brain, but it happened to be mm -hmm. cerebellum. So, you know, another blessing in all of it. Wow. I think we'll always know what has the outcome of the situation. And that's, that's hard. Yeah. Like you want to know, you want to know, is this helping somebody? Right. Did somebody mm -hmm. get saved through this? Um, and, and, you know, salvation alone is just accepting that Christ is God and having faith in him. Christ, God came to this earth as Christ, fully human, fully God. And we just have to accept that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things people don't understand with salvation. You don't work your way. Mm -hmm. And you had accepted Christ long ago mm -hmm. thank heavens you did because that peace he gave right you. right mm -hmm. right and right. that's so that's such a struggle or i've struggled with you know what what am i supposed to do with all this you know like this happened i just don't want it to go to waste on so you know what is that i thought about should i be helping other stroke survivors you know should i be you know what what should i be doing i don't know and i and it hasn't been revealed to me it's been kind of a rough year mentally just because i've tried to make sense of what happened right. and i can't make sense of it it was a spontaneous right dissection because we don't know the cause of it a lot of people have it from trauma to their head or neck manipulation or or lifting something very heavy but i couldn't pinpoint anything that caused that so um I struggled with making sense of it and I still do, but I've accepted it for the longest time. I, <clears throat> that I'm not going to be able to live my life. I'm going to be in fear of this happening again. And I thought, you know, am I ever going to, you know, every little thing, I don't want to turn my neck too fast. I might dissect my artery and have a stroke, mm. but I've really moved past that. Like there's nothing that I feel like I wouldn't do. I mean, I That's dove awesome. in a, 
pool this summer. I went on a water slide. You know, there's nothing. I, I'm back to exercising. You know, without fear of um, doing something to my my neck. So when you went back for your follow up, and you seen that that main neurologist, mm -hmm. what did he say? Um, so my artery did not heal. It has not healed uh, as far as I know. It's the smaller one. It's the smaller one. So I have a dominant one on my right side and um, the less dominant one on my left side. And so had it been my right side, it maybe would have been a different outcome too. It was my left side. It is not healed as of, of, of that point. But he said he didn't need to see me back again. He said, your Ooh. brain has made new, I don't know the exact word, he said pathways or connections. Um, the brain is amazing. Oh, amazing. It's been really amazing to to read and learn about that. Um, so I, he does. He said, I, unless you have any big issues, you, I don't need to see you back. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. Which at first kind of scared me. I'm like, I want to keep getting these scans until I see it healed. But he he said he said your brain's made new pathways, and I was like, mm -hmm. okay. So I haven't been back. Um, I haven't been back to the neurologist since. So. I think, wow. like we were talking about before, you don't always know, you know, with other people watching you, just like that person I had talked to last night, I had no idea she even knew anything about Stacy, but I'm not from here, so I don't know a lot of people, but she just immediately got teary-eyed. I'm like, she's watching mm -hmm. something. People know, people watch you. They know your demeanor. They know who you are. And by them getting teary-eyed, just mentioning you, your name, it's like, okay, you have an impact, you may not see it. Yeah. And that's the struggle, but. Right. And I mean, I, I do feel like it impacted people a lot my age because, um, you know, whether in it, through their faith or just, you know, realizing, hey, we're not spring chickens anymore. I had so many people reach out to me and be like, well, I'm, I've started exercising because you, it, I was inspired by the fact that, you know, you had a stroke and we're 40 and, you know, so I do think you it did. You tell not to lift too many heavy weights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, because I mean, they were asking me, like, do you do CrossFit? I'm like, no, I don't do CrossFit. I mean, <laughs> different things that could have caused it. So, I mean, I am a lot more cognizant about that. Like at first when I went to the hairdresser, I wouldn't put my neck back in the sink and different things like that. But now I'm just like, you know what? I, I can't live my life like this. Like, I'm just going to live my life, life normal. I never would in a million years dream that this would happen. So, you know, if it happens again, it's it happens. I, I don't want it and to you happen. Know in the Bible, it says, do not fear 365 times. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. It says it 365 times. Do 365. How many days are in a year, right? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We are One not for fear. Day. So it's easy to get in that trap of fear, but mm -hmm. you know, you just have to think, okay, this is the enemy trying to get to me. God does not want us to fear. Right. And so. Right. Right. And I, I, I don't know, again, you. that was something that happened along the way where God just took that fear away from me. I mean, yeah. I was, I felt like I'm not going to be able to live my life. Like every mm -hmm. pain, every headache, I'm like, Oh, here we go. This is going to be a stroke. I was just kind of paranoid for a long time. Mm -hmm. But at some point he's like, you are, you've got to live your life. You're a mom still. You can't oh, just wow. coil up and, you know, mm -hmm. be living in fear. 
So, and you know, unfortunately, a lot of people did coil up with this that pandemic that hit and mm. live in fear. Yeah, fear. I can't see their yeah. own kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, you right. You realize no, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I commend you. And I'm, I just think it's amazing that you're telling your story and letting people like hear what you went through and just being vulnerable. So thank you. Are you good with people asking you questions? Are you open book? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, at first I feel like I was talking about it a lot to people. And then I started to be like, you know, I don't think anybody wants to hear this anymore. So I just kind of quit mm-hmm. talking about it. But it's actually very therapeutic, I feel like, to talk mm-hmm. about it. Because mm-hmm. the person that goes through trauma, everybody else kind of goes on with their life. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sure if you've lost a loved one, that's someone's very close to you. you know, everyone's there for you right in the beginning. And you know you have friends and family to always rely on. But it's like the person that goes through it lives with it daily. And there's mm-hmm. not a day that goes by that I don't think about it. But I'm, I'm, you know, it doesn't consume me, but I also feel like when you've gone through something like that, it is always in the back of your mind. And so it's actually therapeutic to talk about it, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so too. So if you guys have any questions, she's open and available. Yeah. 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 Anytime. Thank well, you do you have any kind of, do you what, have any what? kind of like special scripture that stuck out to you at that time or anything like a favorite book of the bible or anything like that to end um well i'll tell you a verse that has always stuck with me i've taught my kids since they were young is joshua 1 9 it's like do not fear the lord your god is with you wherever you go Mm -hmm. and so i mean that's a verse that always has stuck with me and um i think was helpful during that time don't need to be fearful because he's always there he's always there absolutely i don't have to rely on my own strength he's Mm -hmm. he's got it under control that is good love it it's true very true all right that's a good way to end so thank you so much for your time and we just we love you so we're so glad like no one would ever know you've gone through this today like we're just so yeah. thankful for God's miracle. Sometimes I wonder myself, did that actually happen? But yeah. it definitely did. That's awesome. <laughs> it so, is weird. It's weird. We're coming up on one year. I know. It's weird. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> well, we we'll have to celebrate you. Yeah. Either okay. celebrate or I may just sit and watch sad movies all day. I don't know. And, and <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> take a nap. Take a nap. Remembrance. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I'm going to stop this. Bye. I'll thank you so much. Bye. All right. Thanks. See ya. Let's just stay on. Okay.